0: So that's when we're going to come tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. I hope will give you enough time to turn there if you have your Bible. And can I just throw in a good word for bringing your Bible to church? All I say is, it's kind of like going to uh, a basketball game, but nobody has a basketball. It's kind of like going to... Uh, do a job and be being a carpenter and not having a hammer. It's kind of like, you kind of need your Bible. So can I just throw it out there? If you have a copy of the word, bring it to youth group. We're going to talk about it more later when we get down to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. But I'll just go ahead and give you a heads up that I'm going to probably preach on it so you would want your Bible that day. So 2 Timothy chapter number 3, we're going to go on verse number and verse number 10. It says this, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, Long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Remember I told you last week we talked about, at the end of the passage, it talks about having a form of godliness. And we talked about having, that people have a form, they act like they have the shell of being godly, but they are not. And Moses, I mean, Paul talks about two guys, Janice and Jambres, we talked about. Who were the guys who did what? Who was Janice and Jambres? Cameron. They opposed Moses. How did they oppose Moses. Yes, everything they did in the plagues, James and James was trying to do the same thing. So when it came to turning water into blood, James and James would say, that's no problem, we can do that. Throwing uh, the rod down, turning the snake, hey, we can do that. And so Paul had just gone from talking about people who are teaching things that are not true. And now he comes to himself. He says, hey, Timothy, I'm going to give you an example to follow. Now picture me for just a second. Because this is the moment in the book of 2 Timothy where it starts to shift. I told you starting to shift. This is now, it would almost be like in a movie. In a movie where the team's down a couple points, they're going to the locker room at halftime, and the coach starts to give that riveting speech. And you know the one where they start playing the dramatic music. And the coach says, you, we've come all way through the season not to lose. We didn't come this far to lose this game. And he goes through and talks about everything that's happened, if. You would mind that using that as an illustration, here's where Paul is. Paul is sitting in prison. His last letter. He knows he's going to die. He's going to have his head taken off. And as he's writing to Timothy, he's coming down. Timothy, there's going to be a lot of bad things happening. But I want to bring it right now, right here, right now. Me and you, Timothy. And he goes on and he says, Timothy, I want you to follow my example. He gives him a couple of things, so let's throw in some blanks. Paul's testimony. That was fully known, means to follow, to understand. So you've fully known the way I've lived, and you going to give a couple of things. The word fully known there, of course, it means to follow, to understand. Sometimes when you're talking to somebody and you don't think they get what you're saying, you may say the phrase, you follow me? Or you're like talking to someone and they're like, standing there like they look spaced out, kind of like what you guys look like right now when I'm talking. And you're like kind of spaced out, and then you say, hey, you following me? And you would say, yeah, yeah, even though you don't know what's going on. Yeah, 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 I'm following, I'm following you. No, so this is what, this is what he's saying here. Timothy, I want you to follow me. You have fully known, number one, my doctrine, my instruction, my teaching. The doctrine I taught. Destruction, teaching. Sometimes we make doctrine sound like it's a big thing. You hear it bounced around all the time. Some people say, "Well, doctrine doesn't matter," and other people say, "Well, you've got to have the doctrine." All doctrine simply is teaching. If you hear Sunday morning and you heard uh, Pastor Brooks preach the word from First Timothy, that was probably one of the most beautiful illustrations of doctrine, in the word of God. See, doctrine is simply telling me how I ought to live. It's just simply teaching me. And so when I look at the word of God, Paul says, "Hey, you've, Timothy, you've known my doctrine. You know what I taught." I remember when I was growing up, for the first time, the Bible, it's like almost the first time the light bulb came on in my head about the Bible. I grew up in Christian school, grew up in a Christian home, to pretty much till I was a teenager before my dad's side going to church. So I grew up pretty much in, I would say, your good Christian home situation or whatever. And I remember I, could, I knew the Bible as far as like if it was a Jeopardy thing. Like, you're just going to ask questions about the Bible, I can give you the answer to that. I'd give the answers back and forth. And to me, all the Bible was was a lot of cool stories. Oh, yeah. That is a really good story about Jephthah. Oh, yeah. That really is a really cool story about Daniel. Until I sat in my first Bible doctrines class. And that teacher just started talking about what we were going to talk about in Bible doctrines. And obviously coming into Bible doctrines, I flipped the book of that thing, and I started reading titles. Soteriology? Eschatology? What in the world... This has nothing to do with the Bible. This has to be man made. Like, I would look at him and I'm like, I don't understand. Until we started going through. He started opening the Bible and I was like, whoa. The Bible is actually a book that you can model your life after. And it's like the light bulb came on. I, for years, i have memorized verses. Go to camp. Yeah, I'll say all the verses so I'll cabin get points. Yeah, I'll do this, I'll do this. And I knew it. As far as trivia, but when the light turned on, I was like, whoa. You knew everything I need to find out about my life, I can find in this book. And we started talking about bibliology and all scriptures given by inspiration of God. It's profitable. And I will tell you that Bible doctrines, I would probably say, is the, the class that changed my whole entire view of life and the Word of God. And Paul tells Timothy, he says this, You knew my doctrine. You know what I was teaching. Hey, when I wrote the letter to of Corinth, Timothy, you knew. Hey, when I wrote to Church of Ephesus... You knew what I taught. So he said, you know my doctrine. He said, you know my manner of life. My conduct. So the manner of life is conduct. He says, hey, Timothy, you know how I lived. If you read anything about the Apostle Paul, and you read through the, the book of Acts, and you find out the life of Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul had like an action-packed life. If they ever made a movie of the Apostle Paul's life, it would probably be like the most action-packed movie there ever was because Paul just had a crazy life. And he says, you know what, Timothy? You knew how I conducted myself. And Philippians, Paul even goes on as far as this. He says, Timothy, I want you to be a follower of me as I am of Christ, and I want you to find other people and mark them so that you can follow them. Let me ask you this. Do you have someone, not that we're following man, don't get me wrong, but do you have someone in your life that you can model your Christian life after? See, Paul says, Timothy, you know my conduct. We find it for everything else. If you, if you like sports, I guarantee you there is a person in the sport that you like, that you watch, you're like, if I could do it like he does, or if I could do that like she does. If you're a musician, a musician you know, if, if I can only play like, or if I can only perform like... What changes in our Christian life? Because, see, Paul says to Timothy, as he's sitting in prison, he's coming down to the emotional moment. Timothy, I really, you've got to make it. I'm not going anywhere. And Timothy, you've known my doctrine, and you've known my manner of life. Timothy, you know how I've lived. I've tried to live for God. Let me ask you, do you have someone that you're looking at, as Paul did for Timothy, I mean, Timothy did for Paul. that I'm going to look at the Paul because I wouldn't know how I'd live the Christian life practically. We do it for a lot of other things. And Paul says the Philippians that we ought to. But let me ask you this: Not only that, is your life worth following? Right now, junior church. We go over to junior church that I teach over there Sunday mornings. If I go to junior church and ask them about you, is your life worth following? Are your brothers and sisters that are younger than you worth following your example? Paul says, hey, you can mark it down, Timothy. I want you to succeed. You know my doctrine. You know my my manner of life. He goes on. He says, my purpose, my setting forth, my intentions. My intentions. Can one of you guys guess, before I go through the verses, what would be Paul's purpose? What do you think Paul's purpose was in life? Somebody tell me. Yes, it's okay. it's Just us, Adam. Lead people to the Lord. What is it? To preach the word, preach the word about God. Anybody else want to add to it, Jay To run the race. Yes, I press toward the mark. Anybody else want to add to it? Just basically live as all That's pretty much what I was some when I went through the Bible, and I was just like I was going to go through. What is Paul's purpose? You look at Philippians, my purpose, that I may know him, and the power of resurrection. Philippians, again, as Jamie said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, you know my purpose of my whole life is God, and to serve him. And by serving him, I'm telling people about you. This is why Paul could just, like I said many times, go and get shipwrecked, float on a log for days, and get out and be excited to tell someone about Jesus Christ. Because it's this whole life, this is what I live for. Do you have a purpose for your life? You live a life on purpose? Or like, if I can make it through the day. I think I told you guys this before. Young people with a purpose are sometimes the hardest to get off track told you guys I think I used this illustration before if there's a girl that desires to be a nurse she's from a little girl she's playing nurse kind of like Sean does in a poor way shoving needles into stuff but she's from the, from a young age that desire to be a nurse you know what if, when she sits in school she's going to grab everything she needs to know because she has a goal in her life she has a purpose and then see when she when someone comes by and tries to scratch her even if it's a guy if she has a purpose it's no, that's going to hold me back from my goal. I can't get involved in that. Same thing with an athlete. I want to play in the NBA one day. You don't have to tell that guy not to sit around and eat junk food. You have to say, "Well, you better put that bag of chips down if you ever want to be an athlete." He's going to say, "I threw that bag of chips away a long time ago." I'm not sitting on the couch eating my like Burton. I've got a goal in my life. <laughs> Why? Because he has a purpose. And see, so Paul says, Timothy, you know my purpose. So Paul said, you know my doctrine. You know what I've taught. You know the teaching I'm trying to. Man, you know my purpose. What is the purpose of my life? It is Christ and Christ alone. I desire, I press, as he says. I go every day I get up because I want to be more like Christ. He says, you know my purpose. He he says, you know my faith, my belief, my convictions my beliefs, my convictions. You know where I stand and what I believe, Timothy. And if, you're, if you know anything about Apostle Paul, a lot of times if you read commentaries. Apostle Paul is probably a hard person to work with. I know you look at him as like, this big pillar of the faith, but when you look at Paul, Paul's a pretty opinionated person. I think he was probably from Michigan. Probably ultimately somewhere in, in there. He's a very opinionated person because the Bible says when Barnabas, who helped Paul get to where he was, wanted to take John Mark on a journey with him, on a missionary journey, the Bible says, Paul said, I'm not taking John Mark. John Mark is not ready for this. Barnabas is like, he is. He is ready. We're taking John Mark. And the Bible says the contention was so strong. Paul said, I'm not taking John Mark. The contention in between them, they broke up and Paul went one way and Barnabas went the other. They were partners. And then we start reading about Paul and Silas. You read all through about the life of Paul. When Paul desired to do something, Paul did it. He said, hey, Timothy, you know my faith. You know my conviction. You know that I, if I believe it... I'm going to follow it. He goes on. You know my long suffering. My forbearance. I'm willing to suffer hardships of peril and people. I don't have to go far into that because we know the life of Paul. It was all suffering long. Hey, from the beginning to the end, he suffered. He said, You knew my long suffering. He said, You know my charity, my affection, my benevolence. His love. My affection, my benevolence is love. If you read in just a little bit, we're going to talk about Paul's persecution. But if you read what the Jews did to Paul, and I'm talking with a wide open mind, you're just like going through and studying what the Jews did to Paul. The Jewish people were horrible to the Apostle Paul. But if you read in Romans chapter 9, verse 1 through 3, you know what Paul says about the, the children of Israel? He says, My heart is heavy, and I will be accursed my people the Jews Paul says you know what they treated him terrible stoned him beat him over and over turned him over to the Romans all the time but Paul said you know what if if it would help I would experience the worst thing possible to myself if it meant it would help my people if that meant the Jews would come to know Jesus Christ the way I do and that's love because I'm telling you if someone had done the things that we're gonna talk about just a little bit to me I would have been like, huh, that'll be the day when I come and try and share a track with you. <laughs> that'll be the day when I knock on your door to tell you to come to my church. But Paul says, hey, if it would mean it, I would I'd be cursed. If that meant my people would be, if that would save my people. He had a love. He said, Timothy, you know my love. Patience. My cheerful endurance. Notice that. If you look at the word patience, it's just not endurance. It's... Cheerful endurance. Cheerful. Because a lot of times we want patience, don't we? Oh, God, just help to be able to wait. Wait patiently. But very seldom in our definition of patience is there anything cheerful about it. Well, I'll endure. I'll go through this. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, you've known my patience. Can you imagine in Acts chapter number 16, we look through the life of Paul. Paul is walking and preaching the word of God. Him and Silas. They're preaching the word of God. And the Bible says that there's some people that came and they said, Hey, these guys are spreading false doctrine. They're spreading lies. And the Bible says they grabbed Paul and Silas. They ripped their clothes off in the place there, right on public, and began to beat them. Can you imagine that? It's like you're just trying out sharing the gospel. Hey, can I share this with you? And then people just come up because they're furious with you and just grab them and they just start grabbing your clothing, just whipping your clothes, and it's like start just beating you. Bible well, says so this is what happened in Acts chapter 16. They beat them, and the Bible says they threw them in jail. And not even just the outside jail, they said they threw them in the inner prison. And you know the story of Philippians. I mean Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas. Hey, hey Silas. I know it hurts, man, but you mind having a word of prayer real quick? Let's 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 pray. Spend a little time praying. Hey, Silas, you got a song you want to sing? Man, I just feel like singing. <laughs> we just got beat. Like, it really hurts. It hurts just to move. Hey, let's sing a song. The Bible says they start to sing and praise, not during the daytime, at midnight. That's what Paul says. Hey, Timothy, you know my patience. You know my cheerful endurance. You know what? It wasn't the best situation. But man, since we were there, I think we might as well pray. <laughs> since we were there, I think we might as well just sing a couple songs. for the comes to know Jesus Christ. Paul says, hey, you've known my patience. He goes on, he says, you've know my persecutions and afflictions. At Antioch, the person, he lists a couple places, Antioch, Iconium, and Lestra. If, uh, if you haven't studied it out, which you probably haven't because that's my job to do. So, but I would hope that you would one day consider it your job. When you study it out, that you would think that maybe there are three different places. This just happens back to back to back. So what happens is Paul goes to Antioch. He is preaching the gospel. He goes to the synagogue and he's preaching. The Bible says that he is preaching the Gentiles are listening to him and they are eating this up. Oh man, we've never heard this. We've never heard anything like this before. Does Jesus, he's preaching? And so the, the Gentiles are excited. The Bible says the Jews are not. The Gentiles, after Paul gets done, is like, hey, Paul, you've got to come back next Sabbath. You've got to preach this again next Sabbath because we've never heard this. The Bible says they were rejoicing. And so the Bible says the Jews didn't like it. It's Paul up here talking about this Jesus. Talking about Jesus? what, Whatever. The Bible says the Jews started to rouse up the nobles, the people in charge. Hey, there's a guy, Paul, he's over there. He's he's spreading false things around. You guys got to stop it. the Bible says they get the noble women and the noble men all stirred up until the fact that pretty much they kick Paul out. Hey, get out of our city. Don't come back. The Gentiles were like, oh, this is great. We want to hear this. And Paul and Barnabas had to leave because they pushed him out. Well, they go over to you. Oh, go ahead and write your passage down. It's Acts 13, 16 through 43. Isn't that like Acts 13, 16 through 43? So Paul goes over to Iconium. So he goes right away to Iconium and he starts to do the same thing. He starts preaching all over again. Hey, because this is what he does. His goal, his purpose is Christ. He starts preaching all over again and he says, hey, guys, I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. The Bible says again, the Jews come back. I don't know if they're following him. As you try to read this story, it's almost like they're following him. Hey, Gentiles, don't listen to this guy, Paul. He's spreading all kinds of things. The Bible says they got the crowd so worked up the crowd was about to stone Paul Paul was made aware of it hey I'm going to go we're leaving so him and Barnabas sneak out go ahead and write down your other uh, it's Acts 13 51 through 14 verse 7 Acts 13 51 through 14 verse 7 and then they come to Lystra Acts 14 verse 8 through 21 the second one is Acts 13, 15, 13 verse 51 to chapter 14 verse number 7 13.51 to 14.7 and Lystra is Acts 14.8-21 so he's gone from Antioch to Iconium now he's going to Lystra Acts 14.8-21 and when he comes into Lystra here's what happens he's going through there's a lame man Paul does miracles because he's an apostle so he walks past this lame man and he tells him the Bible says a loud voice because he perceives he had the faith hey, stand up when your feet arise, get up so the guy does Bible says he gets up and he's just praising the Lord. Man, that's awesome. The Bible says the people there, they see this in the restaurant and they start talking their language. The Bible says and they say, "These guys must be gods. These are these are gods." And so they start. They called Paul Mercurius, Mercury, and they called Barnabas Jupiter. And they're like, hey, these guys are God. And the Bible says they started to go get cows and oxen. And they're going to start doing sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas because they had just healed a lame man. The Bible says, unlike what probably some of us would have done, would have been like, oh, yeah, well, that's the God we serve. <laughs> yeah, if you would follow me, follow me. Yes, that's that's the way you do it. Paul didn't do that. The Bible says they rent their clothes and they fell to their feet and said, sirs, sirs, we be men of like right passions as you are. Don't do this. We are not God. And they began to preach the word of God again. So Paul and Silas are preaching God and doing awesome things. The Jews from Antioch Iconium, What do you know? They just happen to be there. And they start talking to these people and they're like, hey, you can't listen to these people. And the Bible says after Paul heals this lame man, they grab Paul up and they stone him and left him believing he was dead. Now, if you read some people, some people say he was dead because Paul said that he went up to the third heaven before. So people believe that that's where it was. That they stoned him to death, but God allowed him to live. But either way, the Bible doesn't say. It just says they stoned him and they drug him outside of the city to die. This is Paul's life. <laughs> my persecutions. Oh, uh, well, someone, they said they wouldn't give me my friend if I didn't do that. That's persecution. Paul's just been drugged outside of the city and stoned and left to die. The Bible says the Christians come out. And they come to look at him. Bible says, Paul gets up, says, Hey, <laughs> I go head over to Derby, and then I've got to go back to Antioch, Lystra, and Iconium. I got to go back. I, there's more people that need Jesus Christ. He said, you've known my persecutions. This guy has been from city to city to city, and everyone's tried to throw him out. They even, at the last city, tried to kill him. He's like, well, we're going to make this one stop here, Barnabas, and then we're going to go back, because there's still people that need to hear about it Those Gentiles, they want us to come back next Sabbath. They he goes to and says, Timothy, you've known my persecutions. You know how I live my life. So here's Paul talking to Timothy, because next week he's going to tell Timothy, it's your turn to step up to the plate. So, in my mind, I almost picture the scene as this. Almost like a general, like telling his men, hey, we're about to go into battle. This is going to be hard. This is not going to work. I am telling you that there's a chance we can lose this battle. But I need you men to fight hard. And instead of that general, like saying, all right, charge, and they kind of clippy clop, clop, clop back to the back, this is Paul. Timothy. You have known my doctrine. You've known my teaching. You've known my purpose of life. You've known my persecution. You know that I haven't had a cakewalk. So now I'm telling you, Timothy, I have been a, ahead of you the whole time. Hey, I've lived it. I'm not asking you to do something I didn't. And when you look at the Apostle Paul's life, I don't know about Timothy's life. I can tell you it's probably not the same as Paul's life. And I'm telling you that our lives are probably not going to be anything like Paul's life. But Paul says, hey, you've known all these things. So then he tells you that, let's fill in the last blank, that persecution's target, that persecution is coming. Persecution is this to harass or punish in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. A to harass or punish in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. Specifically, to cause, to suffer because of belief. So persecution. He answers the question. He says this all they that live godly in Christ will suffer. Persecution. Christ godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. When can I expect persecution? I can expect persecution when I live a desire to live a godly life. When I desire to live a godly life, I will suffer persecution. How many people will persecuted? Our verse says it All that live godly. Every single person desires to live godly will Suffer persecution. So if we finish up tonight, here's we we'll bring it all into perspective and then we're going to shoot into the springboard the next week. Paul's saying to Timothy, Hey Timothy, you have known the life that I have tried to live. you tried, you've seen it, you've seen me work day in and day out. Now Timothy, I'm going to let you know. All the bad things I told you at the beginning of Philippians chapter three, yeah, they're going to happen. Give it to me, I'll give you just a minute. All those things in Philippians chapter three, the beginning, they are going to happen. But he says this, Timothy. I've been through them all. I I know what it is feels like. I know what it feels like when I'm like about to die when they pull me out and they're going to stone me and I have to get back up. But you know what? I got back up and went back into the city. Says I want you to know this, Timothy. Everybody, every single person desires to live godly will suffer persecution. will have someone who desires to injure them, to harm them, desires to make fun of them for being godly. But Paul says, you know what, Timothy? I'm not telling you anything that I haven't done myself. Timothy, I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't done. When I went to in tried to preach. they got rid of me. Hey, when I went to Philippi, I was preaching it through me in jail. So now he's saying, Timothy, I'm going to ask you to come on. I'm going to ask you to fight this battle with me. And can I say to you guys here tonight, my goal and my desire is to be a person that you guys can follow. I really do. I read this passage today and I was like, wow. I wish that one day. I, looking back, as I get to be an old man, not right now, as you guys may think, but way down the road. And I look back and I, I would hope that I would have the testimony that I could say, hey guys, you guys know my doctrine. You know what I've taught. You know my purpose. That my purpose wasn't just to have fun. It wasn't just it. my purpose was Christ. And then to tell somebody, hey, come along with me. Where are you at, guys? Do you have a purpose for your life? Or you just kind of live it. Do you know, we talked about over and over again, the theme of Second Timothy is the truth, continuing the truth. Do you know the truth? Somehow, our Christianity has gotten watered down and put into something that looks kind of like pop culture. Kind of looks fun. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying Christianity is not fun. I am having the time of my life being a pastor, being a Christian. But there is going to come a time where we do have to just go ahead and swallow it, like Timothy. Paul on Timothy. Timothy, as at the beginning of the book, I know you probably don't remember that part because you slept a lot since then. But he says, "Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and sound mind." It is time for some of us to mature. Say, you know what? I desire to follow Christ. Are you worth following? Or even do you even desire to be? Do you know what you desire in your life? Do you want to like Paul say, I fought a good fight and finished my course, I kept the faith? Then it comes to the part where we have to start saying, you know what, I desire to live godly. I desire it. I want to. I'm sure it'll be easy, but I desire to live godly. And oh to God, that we would have young people in this room that say, I just have a desire to live godly. But with that comes, every person that desires that, Is going to suffer persecution. I can guarantee you that even in this room, you desire to live godly. There will be somebody in this room who will persecute you. Will make light of it. Hey, you're not going to do that. You mean what? You're not going to watch that? You're not going to do it? Paul says, "Hey, I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not doing, and I hope that one day it will be for you guys that when I'm way out there." I can look back and say, guys, I'm going to ask you to do anything I haven't already done. I've been willing to give up. I've been willing to go forward. I've been able to do this. That's my desire, and I hope for you guys. Your desire is the same thing. And as we go into next next week, we get to the heart of this whole thing. Our theme of 2 Timothy is continue, and we get there next week. And Paul's going to start telling Timothy, hey, I've been there. Now I'm going to lay down the law and say, this is what you ought to be doing. So let's pray, and we'll be done. Lord, Father, God, we thank you so much for your word. God, and I thank you for the Apostle Paul. Lord, I thank you for his testimony. Lord, I know sometimes we look at the Apostle Paul like some great man, but Lord, just as Paul and Barnabas, the Lord said, Lord, they're just men of like right passions as we are. God, they feel the same way. Lord, they had purpose in their lives. They had things that they desired to do. And God, I said you would give me that purpose. God, would you give these young people this purpose, Lord, to follow you with all their heart, soul, and mind. We love you. We need your help. We we'll thank Father to do it you in Jesus' name. Amen.